This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Zaki. Thank you for listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is David Land. David, welcome to the show, sir. Good to be back. Good to be back, and uh, congratulations to the Milwaukee area for uh, getting some racing back at the mile this year. We're a few steps away from getting some uh, big events back, hopefully. I, I, yeah, that's why I was, I was mentioning that in the first hour and uh, baby steps, and I think uh, this thing could work out if the fans uh, show up, you know, build, you know, as they say, build it, and the and they will come. Hopefully, that's the you know schedule a race, and they will come. Hopefully, that'll be the the way to success once again at the Milwaukee Mile. David, I you know I I saw your latest video on YouTube. Even my wife was impressed. My wife unannounced said wow that was some really impressive stuff what are we talking about well of course you should follow david land on youtube it's david and then la and on youtube he has some really pretty interesting stuff to get you up to date in the world of motorsports but this one kind of it's it's something i did not notice but that's why we have uh someone like you on the show to kind of look in the corners and find out what's going on so please tell us david what has happened to the vintage NASCAR videos on YouTube? Well, yes, uh, as as you just mentioned, there there's an extensive collection uh, of of virtually anything you could possibly want to watch on YouTube pertaining to NASCAR. I mean, you can go back and watch practice sessions or qualifying sessions from the early 2000s and the 90s. I mean, people have religiously over the years collected and put together collections of these amazing races and put them up on YouTube. Now, that obviously is a little bit against the NASCAR uh, policy where they always run that thing at the end of the races where they say, don't rebroadcast our videos. But there's kind of been an unwritten thing between the people who do this and NASCAR. Everybody kind of knows the deal and realizes that you know it's probably best for the sport. Unfortunately, there is there was an element out there that was not particularly happy about this. These were the people who had done the same thing as the people uploading the videos, 
who uh, take their recordings from, you know, the 70s and the 80s, stuff that not a lot of people have, and they kind of hoard that stuff and, and trade it or sell it to other people for profit. Now, obviously, races going up on YouTube is a threat to that sort of uh, a business practice. And uh, one of these people who is a tape trader decided to take matters into his own hands and began uh, copyright striking videos on YouTube that pertain to races. And uh, as a response, uh, some of the most prominent channels who had uploaded classic racing content decided to take their entire channels down as a protest to uh, draw attention to the fact that uh, this one individual was essentially trying to uh, to get them completely erased off of the YouTube platform. So where do we go from here? Is this something that we're, we're going to see in the future? Or you, you also mentioned that there may be somewhere something down the land down the line where YouTube has its own uh, st streaming service, kind of like what the WWE does. Uh, is that something we might be seeing? Or So for a while now, we've known that NASCAR is going to do their own streaming service. I believe the, uh, the, the date for that is around 2021 when they're going to launch that service. And a lot of folks who, have, uh, who are in the YouTube community have speculated that NASCAR might start cracking down on classic races being uploaded to YouTube because NASCAR might want to kind of reclaim their content, take it back, and put it on a premium streaming service uh, that they would make people pay for. Now, we haven't seen NASCAR themselves actually uh, take any classic races down. They have not touched virtually anything uh, that is older than 2013. Now, the modern stuff, they do get a little bit more uh, protective over, and fair play to them, fair enough to them. But um, that, that's just kind of the situation there. Um, I, I personally don't think NASCAR will do it. I, I think they see the value in having all this content up. And quite frankly, I don't think NASCAR themselves has access to a lot of the stuff that's up on YouTube. I mean, it's so expensive. Yeah, David, we used lost your cell signal there for a second. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> uh, um, what, what'd you... <laughs> but it's, so where, where, where do we go from here? What, 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 what does the future entail? Do you think? Well, uh, quite frankly, I think I, I don't see NASCAR taking these videos down themselves. The, this whole situation, really the problem stems from YouTube's copyright system. Mm -hmm. uh, and this was, an individual claiming NASCAR races uh, as his own content and then having them taken down in that way. And obviously that goes against YouTube, not only YouTube policy, but American copyright laws. I mean, he did not have any claim over that content that he struck down. And that's something that everybody's a little bit worried about in the future is that some lone wolf could come in there, abuse the copyright takedown system on YouTube and take down an entire community uh, of, and hundreds of hours of content and hundreds of hours of work by uh, inter enterprising individuals who want to put these kind of races up for the public to see. Uh, yeah, because I, 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 there's a situation. You can, you can probably explain it to me. Um, now, I, I have a, a small U uh, YouTube channel because for my historic videos, I, I 
I posted a um, some more. I I also collect older home movies and I transfer home movies of people, and then also some of those are also uh, race movies. And those I'll put up. I don't put up any sound with them. But I, I did one whole movie of mine with some music as a kind of tongue-in-cheek. And uh, I have some cousins that are older than me that are, are kind of, they, well, let's put it bluntly, they were hippies in the late 60s and 70s. So I put on, you know, some, uh, you know, uh, Age of Aquarius music on in, in that. It was interesting. Maybe you can explain it to me. There was a copyright claim put on that video, which I thought was interesting. It's just basically saying that, yeah, what it's made it sound like to me, yeah, you can, we know you're using a copyrighted song. Don't try and sell this video, you know, video because I know with, with my, the stuff that I do sell, I use copyright free music. So, and I know, you know, you can get in big trouble and we, we, even with what the music we play here, we have to have permission and whatnot. But uh, can you explain that to how, how that works? So the difference between a copyright claim and a copyright strike is pretty simple. Uh, a copyright claim, in fact, copyright claiming was something that came up as a result in the early days of YouTube when you had uh, music companies getting very upset that mm-hmm. uh, people were uploading their full songs onto YouTube and not going out and buying records. Eventually, they went to the courts and they settled on you know, if, if a song is uploaded, they have a bot on YouTube, which will, as you saw in your video, uh, recognize that that song is used in the video. They will claim that and monetize it so they get, you know, the pennies on the dollar for each time that video with that song is played, and that's how they play that out. A copyright strike is when somebody, I mean, it's a, it's a big step. Uh, I've never personally copyright striked anybody, just, just for example, and people steal my content all the time. Uh, when you do that, um, you are essentially saying this person is blatantly stealing and, and ripping off my content for profit. It's a big step, and you can be legally liable if you get it wrong. And um, usually it's only used by uh, entities like NASCAR to prevent uh, channels from streaming their races for free when mm-hmm. they obviously want you to go to NBC or Fox or something to watch it. Interesting stuff. Yeah, I know with uh, photographers and, and you know videos I, I have produced, I've had people say, like uh, many years ago, there's a, a Arrow, Arrow Warriors group wanted to use a couple snippets of my video for their website. And I said, sure, fine. And those little snippets are still floating around today. But I, 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 every once in a while, I will do a kind of search to see you know, whereas because I, I, I've had I, I had one person kind of make the mistake and go, oh, yeah, I, I've we've we've made copies of that that video <laughs> of that DVD. Oh, no. You know, it's like oh, then they kind of caught themselves. I said, well, you, you know, you know, uh, uh, when, when you're selling DVDs of, of stuff, you know that, uh, you know, a, a, you kind of figure out a, a portion that's going to be pirated. And, and there's nothing that you can do in today's world. But the, like 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 what you said with the blatant, uh, you know, stealing of, of stuff. There's a lot of people that have absolutely no idea about that because they never created anything. Whether it's photos, and I, we see this on Facebook all the time with photos, where people will just be just taking photos left and right. And most most people say, you know, some photos are fine, but just make sure you credit them. Well, then they don't even get credited. And then they're missed, 
mislabeled and it just causes a big mess. And then when they're called out on it, they're like, well, uh, how can you, you know, accuse me of stealing? It's on the internet. Well, you know, and there's a lot of people that just, to, to put it bluntly, have no idea what's going on when it comes to copyright claims, do they, David? Well, a lot of that is this situation. A lot of this came from confusion. Uh, this is one person who was under the impression that because he taped the races that were being put up on YouTube, that he owned the rights or the distribution of that race on the Internet. And that was just a complete misunderstanding of the copyright laws and YouTube laws themselves. All right. I'll tell you what. Let's take a break. David, if you could stay on for one more segment. I want to talk about IndyCar racing coming up next on the Final Inspection Show and, and how IndyCars are going to look a little bit different coming up uh, in May at Indianapolis. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. Final Inspection. Inspection. Let's check in with the host of the best motorsports channel on YouTube. Now, David Land on the Final Inspection Show. Back to the final inspection show. Of course, joining us on the Great Mudville Bank Hotline once again, it is David Land. And David, uh, looks like uh, we have uh, the next phase in cockpit safety uh, coming up in IndyCar at Ind Indianapolis this year, won't we? Yes. Uh, the advanced cockpit protection, uh, I think they call it. It's, uh, it's, it's not what a lot of us thought was going to be the cockpit protection for well, this year. Well, and, and, and I'm one, thankfully, uh, this one gets a, uh, all right, I can live with this. This is okay. The Speed Racer windscreen, the F-16 cockpit, all that other stuff, I wasn't on board. But this is uh, right from the, the, the press release, the AFP which stands for Advanced Frontal Protection, is a titanium piece. Stands a little more than three inches tall and averages three or three quarters of an inch in width. Is de designed to deflect debris away from the dr driver. It is positioned in front of the cockpit along the chassis center line. And it looks, yeah, it looks like a little, um, I don't know, diamond, kind of almost a diamond shape. Yeah, it, 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 it doesn't take away from the aesthetics of the race car at all does it yeah but but far be it for me and i'm a skeptic and i'm not going to try to to be too much of a, an engineer here because i'm certainly not about as far as a way as you can get from an engineer but but i'm not really sure exactly how this is you know they call call it an advanced cockpit protection device and, and i'm not exactly sure what sort of an incident or accident or what kind of debris exactly this device is going to prevent from getting in the cockpit that wasn't uh, going to get in there before. That, um, that's the thing that I'm very I, 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 I will tell you, if you have a piece, uh, something flying along, it, it, it's supposed to hit it and kind of bounce it up a bit. doesn't have to bounce it up a little bit, but... Um, and then also, if it gets underneath a car, what what they're trying to do is draw a a, a line from the the top of that uh, AFP, 
AFP piece, it's not easy to say, to the top of the roll hoop. And that should be just enough with the driver just moving his head down a little bit, which he can't do much with the Hans device, that it should provide enough clearance if there's another car or if there's a substantial piece. Now, granted, it's not going to take care of everything, and I don't think they're making claims that it will. I mean, let, let's admit the the Justin Wilson situation, unfortunate, but that thing was a one in a million shot, and it, it's not gonna it's not gonna take care of anything in a situation like that. And I think the drivers, uh, when IndyCar approached the drivers and they were having these conversations, uh, the drivers were comfortable telling these guys, you know, telling the powers to be that, you know, we're we're, we're comfortable with taking a, a bit of a chance. And if we can come up with a situation, I, I think with this one, and obviously I, I think the communication lines between uh, sanctioning bodies and, and drivers have never been better in motorsports, I, I think I think all, both sides are comfortable with this. True, and, and IndyCar themselves were in the press release pretty clear that this is this is a temporary solution mm-hmm. in fact they had they mentioned in the article they posted on their website that they had looked into uh, adding some sort of a halo device similar to to what f1 has used and that's interesting in and of its own right because at one point they said absolutely not the halo will not work with indycar because of the bank turns that you see sure. in iowa or texas and suddenly they've changed their tune on that so i i don't know what this it, it's weird uh, we're going to it's definitely going to be something that develops over the next couple of years, and, and it, it this does seem like, and, and I guess they've almost pretty much admitted it, it does seem like doing something because they had to do something, otherwise they would look like they weren't doing anything, right. and that's not a good look, unfortunately. No, it's not. And, and I, you know, I, when I saw this, yeah, it took, it took a lot of people by surprise. I'm like, I think most of every – I uh, I think most of the people were kind of shrugging because they're kind of like, oh, okay, well, I th- we think we know what they're talking about, right? <laughs> well, that was so. the thing is that they, you know, they they really should have like had their graphics guy paint it green or something because they released a black car on a black background <laughs> and a little teeny tiny black piece on the car that's supposed to be new. And, you know, unless you have a trained eye and know what an IndyCar looked like before they added that piece on there, you know, you're going to have a really hard time sure. going, uh, what they do? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, well, and, and don't don't blink now, but we have uh, Formula One and IndyCar uh, opening up in a couple of weeks. Uh, are you, are you kind of getting excited? Oh, my God, yeah. It, it's been so – you know, these, these winter off-season months are just some of the worst. You know, and, and once you get to the Daytona 500, you start to start to think like, all right, we're almost out of it. We're almost out of it. Uh, and then we get some open wheel racing. It looks like uh, looks like Formula One might be pretty good this season. It looks like we might have some surprises there. Uh, IndyCar, obviously, uh, after last season, you, you got to expect there's going to be more of the same with that as well. Just uh, it's looking pretty exciting from an open wheel racing perspective for this year. And uh, you, you and I, of course, get a lot of press releases, and you, you can always tell when the new season is coming upon you because your mailbox gets fuller and fuller and fuller. And I've been getting a lot of St. Pete uh, emails, you know, track construction and and, uh, and uh, accessory sponsors and whatnot are, are coming aboard for St. Pete. And uh, what, what what are some oh, yeah. of the things uh, the fans should be looking for at St. Pete this, this for the first event? 
Well, you, it always seems like every year we have a surprise. Last year it was Robert Wickens really having a coming out party. Uh, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I think Colton Herta is going to really show a lot of people that he is for real. Uh, if uh, if your listeners were, were not paying attention to the Circuit of the Americas test, he was consistently the fastest guy uh, throughout that test. Almost every day he was on top, and at one point he had a one-and-a-half-second gap over the rest of the field, and that's unheard of in, in this era of racing. So, yeah, I think Colton Hurd is going to have a pretty good day once they get to St. Pete, and uh, and he's probably going to be the surprise for a lot of people um, coming into the first race. And then uh, is there, you know, uh, A.J. Foyt has been making some changes. He brought in uh, Scott Harner, uh, and, and Tony Kanan is kind of – Kind of said, well, you know, this is his final year, and he's 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 reserved. You know, he's he's going into a season knowing he's not going to win a championship, but it looks like they're hoping to make some noise, aren't they? Oh yeah. Well, you 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 saw what happened at the Indy 500 last year with. Uh, I mean, it was the first time probably since the 90s that a Foyt car has had a legitimate shot of winning the race. Canon uh, clearly still has it at the speedway and that's the only race that AJ cares about. So when you you know, when you put all that combination together, you've got to expect they're gonna bring the same package this year. You know, I, I would love to see uh I, and I think it would tear the place down. I think I think the, it would be second only to Marco winning the race if Canon brings a Foyt car into victory like the five hundred. I totally and agree with that. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And it should be kinda of exciting to see uh with NBC Sports how they're able to step up and really kind of say, okay, this is uh, we're we're, we're kind of taking wrestling control over IndyCar, and we're going to really package it, especially coming uh, this May with Indianapolis. What 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 things are we lo- should we look for with uh, with NBC Sports? Well, I think you just got to look for a a unified front in terms of promotion and really wanting uh, having a desire to get the sport out in front of the public. I, I had heard uh, a lot of great things about their uh, Indy 500 coverage for this year. They've just signed, or at least uh, officially made it official, that uh, Mike Tirico is going to be the host, and he's fantastic on the football broadcast. So that's gonna that's a great get uh, for them. And then uh, apparently they're going to do a, an entire day of coverage. They're going to fly the Today Show out to Indianapolis and and do a lot of cool things before the race. So. I don't know. I, I it seems like NBC's gung ho on uh, on IndyCar, and it's going to be fun to see where that partnership goes. All right. Well, besides Colton Herta, what rookies or you know new driver combos do you think is going to be most interesting to follow this year? Well, obviously, I think you've got to look at in terms of a rookie, and he's only a rookie in name only. I think you've got to look at uh, Marcus Erickson driving for uh, Schmidt Peterson. Uh, you saw what Robert Wickens did in that car last year, and you've got to expect that you know Marcus Erickson's going to be very keen on getting that car to the front. Uh, he's been kind of very excited to be an Indy car where you know the the technology is much closer. There's not as much big of a gap, especially considering he was racing for Sauber last year. You know he he's in a competitive car, and I think he's going to be wanting to prove himself to the rest of the world that hey, I can you know uh, run at the front in a racing series. David, uh, of course, you're on YouTube. You can follow David on YouTube at David Land L A N D. Uh, what what things should we be looking uh, coming up, and and what 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 are some of the things you've posted recently on YouTube? 
Well, obviously, we're about to get into the open wheel season, so we're going to be covering a lot of open wheel stuff. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to the uh, Super Sebring event uh, next month with the World Endurance Championship and the uh, IMSA uh, series. That should be a lot of fun. I should have some research from that. Uh, and then just recently, I've just been uh, grinding away. Obviously, uh, you can check out the video on the uh, whole YouTube copyright situation. That was the most recent one I posted. And then uh, we've just kind of been talking about uh, just kind of debriefing a lot about the uh, Daytona 500 recently because that that's kind of been a topic of conversation, of hot conversation, it seems, because there, there was a lot to talk about after that race. There certainly was. Speaking of uh, NASCAR, now, uh, who's your pick for Atlanta this weekend? Oh boy, it looks like Clint Boyer is going to be pretty tough. I, oh, I think okay. the Stuart Haas cars, yeah, I think the Stuart Haas cars have have an edge, and it seems like it, it's kind of funny because Chevrolet struggled so much with a new body last year, and Ford is completely the opposite. They seem to be uh, coming out of the box swinging very hard, and it seems like they have the best car. Uh, for NASCAR this year, and uh, certainly Stuart Haas is kind of their A team at the moment. So I, I think it's going to come out of Stuart Haas, and it's probably going to be Boyer. Excellent. David, we appreciate you coming on and uh, looking forward to chatting with you again. No problem. Love coming on. Oh, okay. David Land of YouTube, make sure to check out his stuff. Very good stuff. And make sure to check out his his archives uh, You know, from, from past uh, events. And even last year, there's a lot of interesting stuff on there. And uh, you will certainly enjoy it. He does a phenomenal job. He really phenomenal. does. We appreciate him coming on the show, too. Uh, and coming up next, uh, from Florida, sunny Florida, we're going to have Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. We'll be talking a little bit more uh, regarding Formula One and also uh, Sebring coming up and our driver's picks and odds coming up for Atlanta tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.